Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic. It is Thursday afternoon here in the DMV. I was out in Ashburn, as is pretty much the case every day at this point, uh, checking out the Washington Commanders practice. Joining me there, we did a live podcast during practice, my guy Matt Paris from the Washington Times and Pete Haley from NBC Sports Washington, although Pete is moving on from the beat. We're all bummed about that, but we're excited for him. He's going to NBC Sports. Um, we uh, talked while we, we we discussed practice. Today's practice was more of a sexy walkthrough, I guess you could say, than it was like a, a real full-blown practice that we've been seeing in recent days. So we had we spent a bunch of the time talking more about what we have seen so far, what we look want to see over the next week here heading towards the preseason. And we went down memory lane on a few things with Pete in terms of this team and, and some other media stuff. So fun uh, chat overall here for sure on the podcast, which, of course, you can find on iTunes, Spotify or anywhere you do your podcast. Uh, of course, also make sure you subscribe. Hit that subscribe button right now. Go ahead uh, wherever you do it. And then also on The Athletic uh, I've had a bunch of stories, of course, throughout camp about this team, what we've seen um, so far. But uh, I did one today that was up that I thought it was important to do. It was about the former employees who were the face of this movement against Dan Snyder and this toxic culture inside the organization. And I understand that for some of you, you've already moved on. The sale happened and so be it. But I wanted to look at this from a couple perspectives. One was I had talked to some of the former employees a long time ago, a year ago, more maybe. And one thing that kept kept coming up a couple of times was how they really thought this thing was over after the Wilkinson report. And then something happened that changed their mind about that. And then secondly, just their perseverance, what they thought about the the, um, the result itself, as well, and then Snyder selling in now kind of how they sort of go from being these advocates to going back to their lives and, and moving forward. So uh, I hope you guys will take a chance to read it. I enjoyed uh, writing it and, and, and thinking about that uh, situation uh, as well. So you can check that out on The Athletic, along with all of the uh, stories about camp and I should likely have another story up on Friday if not uh, over on Sunday and Monday for sure alright just a couple quick things to get to and I honestly don't recall exactly I don't think we got into these things too much um, in our discussion at, at, at practice um, but it was a, like a free flowing conversation as the Bill Simmons podcast used to say uh, the offense I think the offense has been better this week than it had been. It was a real nadir last Saturday when all the fans were there. And then Monday, I thought was also a bit of a struggle. The pads though have been out. We're on Tuesday, Wednesday off today. I thought they did a bit better. A, a bit better is not implying that they're going to compete with uh, Kansas city, just saying they were doing a bit better. And I think I, I, I noticed some of this when they had the one-on-one drills in practice with where the offensive linemen and the defensive linemen are really, you know, going head to head um, with, with a, one of the staffers playing the role of quarterback, etc. I think uh, Deron Payne, I want to say it was last week 
when he spoke to us when he came back from his uh, injury. He was saying that he's been really, you know, Sam Cosby's been making it tough for him a bit. Sam Cosby's pretty athletic, pretty quick, and that Deron Payne said that his he was not able to, at this point, do kind of all the moves he likes to do out there. But, okay, maybe he's being nice. Sure. Well, then we get to watch it, and Sam Cosby, I did think, looked pretty agile, looked pretty uh, solid um, playing that spot. Now, again, this is we're talking about one-on-one drills here more than we're talking about uh, you know, 11 on 11s. I'm sure we've discussed this before, but the angle that we have standing on the sidelines is not great. You can't see, you know, it's, that's why it's much easier to see the quarterbacks and the receivers than it is, especially the interior offensive line. But nonetheless, I think I felt like Cosme had done some good things. Charles Leno one-on-ones with Chase Young. Um, I think Chase Young was ultimately getting around the edge, but Charles Leno was pushing him so far up in the pocket that by the time Chase Young would get around him, the ball was likely already going to be out. So I think Charles Leno has looked pretty good. I think it also says something about Chase Young still needing to develop a uh, a bit of a game plan as a pass rusher. But like with everything else, we will see when they get the preseason, those joint practices with the Ravens and uh, and so on. Uh, the left guard spot is interesting. So Sadiq Charles did not practice Wednesday with a calf issue. He was back out there today. I don't know if I saw him do a ton, but he was out there today. Chris Paul, the seventh round pick from last year, has was, was primarily starting at left guard. What's interesting about this to me is I haven't done a 53-player projection for a little bit, but on the assumption that they keep nine offensive linemen, it could keep 10, but you know, that that that's a you know, you're only really gonna have at most eight up on uh on game day. So, you know, 10 seems like a, a bit much. Plus, you know, you can put guys on on the practice squad, et cetera. But when you look at it, like, they're going to have one or two guys who you would think would be on the team or probably not going to be on the team just by numbers. I mean, let's putting injuries um, aside. And I that, and that's just on the, the guys that we're kind of aware of, the ones who were back last year adding your Nick Gates, Andrew Wiley's, you bring back Tyler Larson, you drafted a couple guys. But then you have situations like Mason Brooks, undrafted free agent out of Mississippi. He got, uh, scouts became aware of him when he was at Western Kentucky, but he went to Mississippi last year, didn't really quite work out for him. He actually talked about that a little bit today. Um, in fact, maybe, well, let me think, think about this. Maybe I, at the end of everything, I'll tack on, Mason Brooks's uh, interview. I'll put it in the notes in the show notes if I do. But Mason Brooks had some really impressive blocking the other day in one-on-one drills against Fedarian Mathis. I wrote about this on the Athletic. Basically, going head to head, Brooks really stoned Mathis on the first attempt to the point that Juan Castillo, who's been a longtime offensive line coach got really excited and really started getting animated and just being proud of his guy. And there was some trash talk going on and people like Charles Leno started saying, okay, well, if you guys want, let's do it again. So they go do it again. And this time Brooks got Mathis to the ground and, you know, Mathis later said, Hey, we're all just, you know, iron sharpens iron. We're all helping each other out. And that's fine. This is not about Federian Mathis at the moment, but what it is to say is that, I think Brooks has looked pretty interesting, and it's not like I've, I've not made this joke 10 times, so apologies if you've heard me say this somewhere else. It's not like they have Russ Grimm at left guard, 
And the reason I bring all this up is to say Sadiq Charles may very well end up being the starting guard. But he's also been a guy who, you know, for the past three years between injuries and maybe lack of progression has not been able to sustain a, a spot for him in the lineup. And it doesn't, it seems to me like if you can't beat out Chris Paul, a, a seventh round pick from a year ago with like Sam Howell, one career start, you're probably not going to be the guy. And if that's the case, then I wonder, you just say, you know what, Sadiq, it's been real best of luck uh, somewhere else. We wish you luck and go to somebody else, whether that means keeping three centers, whether that means keeping a fourth tackle or perhaps a Mason Brooks, uh, something like that. So I, I think Sadiq Charles is a fascinating one to me. It seems like a boomer bust start, or maybe it doesn't even make the team. That will be interesting watch for sure. I've said this before, but that Ravens uh, joint practices in mid-August, I think will be a huge barometer for this team on a lot of levels including say the offensive line do they at some point think hey we have to go out and get more help and if so that may be the point to see what guards are available again all that said i thought that they did a better job this week than they had uh last week the defensive line is really good i think you guys know that so uh we will see about that um speaking about the defensive line David Bada, who, you know, quite the journey here. He's been around forever, it feels like, as part of this international pathway program. He tears his tricep in practice on Wednesday. Um, he, I would think typically tearing a tricep probably is going to knock you out. They put him on IR. So that's not, you know, I, I didn't have him projected to make the team. Uh, nonetheless, he is he is out. By that, I mean on IR, and they signed uh, Curtis Brooks, a defensive tackle, uh, to replace him on the roster. So there's that. What else can I tell you? Jamin Davis, he went back to court today. The judge, uh, from those who were in the courtroom, including Matt Paris and Nikki Javala, uh, said that the plea agreement that the two sides agreed to a second time, the judge again rejected it, and they've pushed now the date back until August 31st. What's interesting here is trying to figure out what kind of, uh, you know, what possible um, time he could miss. Um, I'm not going to pretend to be a legal expert here, but it sounds like from from what uh, those those guys were tweeting out that it was like an eight day agreement with like a minimum of four in jail uh so if the judge is continuing to reject this we will see again this is for a reckless driving charge he was going 114 and a 45 he previously this was back in 2022 he previously in 2021 had a reckless driving charge that was lowered to uh, a speeding of of uh, less than 20 miles an hour so there's a little bit of a track record and i think the judge is focused on that Anyway, we don't know what any of this means yet in terms of the season, but something to keep an eye on that we will going forward. All right. So, and um, in my conversation with Matt and Pete, we did, we got into a couple of, you know, roster situations, some guys we think could maybe sneak on the roster, some guys maybe who are in trouble. And I think starting next week, I'm going to dive more into that. You, you guys know that I do like my 53 player projections with the preseason game uh, a week from this Friday. It's going to get to be that time to start, at least considering it in some of the position battles. You got the uh, the end of the receiver room. I, I think Jonathan Williams at warrants 
sticking around as a running back. Will they keep four, though, is the question. We talked about the offensive line. The defensive lineman could be a name in there that's a surprise. Cut the defensive backfield, sort of the same thing as well. And then the returner game uh, could be very much dependent on what happens elsewhere. There's a few options, Dax Milne, Casimir Allen, and others. Uh, so fun discussions to come up for sure. Um, and we, we we talked about the quarterback situation in the conversation, so we'll just get to that in a moment. The heck with a moment. Let's do it right now. Here we go. Matt Paris, at Matthew underscore Paris on Twitter. And Pete Haley is at Pete Haley, H A. I-L-E-Y-N-B-C-S. I, I'm guessing Pete might be changing the uh, NBCCS or at least dropping the S part, but we'll see. Um, all right, we'll get into the. Let's do that right now. Fun conversation with the boys here on the Standing Room Only podcast. All right, we are standing in the behind the end zone here at Commander's Training Camp watching practice. We're going to do another live one here, running it back again with my guys Matt Paris from the Washington Times and Mr. Swan Song himself, Pete Haley from, I'm going to say it now, from NBC Sports because Pete Haley is moving on at the end of this week. Uh, so we want to catch him before he leaves. Uh, Pete, first of all, congrats on that. Uh, did you time this? You're like, i got to wait for Dan Snyder to sell. And then, then, then when I can stop watching that, then I can go on. Yeah, it's really crappy timing in that respect because people seem to be quite excited about the direction of this team, uh, and I lived through a lot of the muck. But figured if you lose Pete and Dan Snyder in an offseason, then most fans would probably take that uh, package deal. Right, that that is a tough one. If you're going to just get lumped in, it's like it's like when they trade a guy with a you know, okay, you want our star player fine, but you also take on the guy with a really bad contract. Yeah, is that how it goes? Uh, uh, Cam Curl, we're gonna like explain what's happening, but I'll be honest, it's a little light today. Cam Curl did just have um, an interception. By the way, I think the the MVP of this week of camp. I was gonna ask this. I'm going with the weather. Last week was an absolute disaster. This week has been, I mean, it's overcast and not hot at all. I'm 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 all in. Uh, on, on on that. Um, all right. So anyway, Matt. Uh, yeah. Hey, Paris. You want to uh, join us at all or anything? Yeah. I'm too busy watching practice, grinding. That's yeah. Thrilling. There. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you acted like you're surprised. Right. Right. And I'm standing right next to him. Um, all right. So we are. What is this? Eight day eight of practice. Uh, I'll just go with this. Right, Matt, are you feeling more, less, or equally? optimistic as you were before we got going with all this i would say about the same just because of the offense has struggled a lot but i think most people would assume that going into camp so you know the defense is looking really strong i think the thing i've been pleasantly surprised by is i think sam cosme has been really strong at right guard he's held his own and you know, left guard with Sadiq Charles out now is still a bit of a question, but I think Cosme has looked really good and held his own on the inside, and if, if they've actually saw, solved the right side of the line, then I think that'll be pretty big for them. We just had, uh, if you heard uh, feet, we had uh, Casimir Allen and Emmanuel Forbes getting within about five feet of us. None of us flinched. Tough guys over here. They flinched, though. They didn't want to run into this trio. This is a hard-hitting group well, back here. Well, look, in fairness, Paris and I could probably take down Forbes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, that not me. Well, that's um, Pete Haley, how about you? Um, 
I, same question, I assume. Yeah, yes. same question. Okay, sorry to cut you off there. I am a little less optimistic just because of the off. I mean, Paris doesn't want to read a ton into the offense. That's fair. I just, I have yet to see, like, the spike day where it's like, okay, if things go well, this is how it's going to look. And it's only eight days. Sam Howell's young. New system. All the caveats in the world, but... I just think between the O-line and the quarterback, you're hoping that they're both league average or maybe a little better. I just don't know what the odds are of both of those things happening. I think Sam Howell could be okay, but the O-line stinks. I think Sam Howell could stink, but the O-line's okay. And if one of those is true, then I think the season is going to be another seven or eight wins. You need them both to hit for it to be nine or ten. I think, like, I need – and this is – we're not going to see this until we get into the games and that joint practice with the Ravens, perhaps. But um, – What's the run game look like? Because, you know, if there's a world war, they can effectively run the ball, be top half of the league in whatever metric you want to use for that. And the defense is not just like a top 10, but like a, with, with Forbes now, you're getting more turnovers, Chase Young back, gives you more pressure on the quarterback. That could be enough of a formula, sort of heightened as to what they were kind of saying they wanted to do last year, but by necessity. But that's the question. I don't know if I'm not completely trusting the line yet and you know uh, you know i think Howells look really good when he has time and he can throw some accurate deep stuff but it just feels still he's uh, w- work in progress and again as you said caveat 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 there's not a lot going on there's no pads on today for what it's worth um but uh, you know i it's it this is the thing with the nfl there's it's just like we're kind of like we're all sports are these days you have some really really good teams you have some really crap teams and then everybody else it's going to come down to like three plays over the course of 17 weeks that <laughs> determine whether you get 10 wins or seven and they're one of those teams more or less i think with how the thing that stands out to me is at least in practice is the lack of accuracy and if that could sink their season it probably will you know what they've talked about, Eric, the enemy, is they want to get their playmakers in space. It's all these short, sort of quick throws. And Sam Howell, we've seen that he can throw the deep ball. He, he excels there. But how is he on those short, intermediate throws uh, in the middle of the field for this offense to thrive? It's, I'm not out on it. I just need to see it a little bit more, and that's why I'm really looking forward to next week's preseason game. In the preseason, the joint practices, those are going to be really good tests. I'm glad Ron scheduled those to help aid the slow starts that have crippled this team a lot in his tenure um yeah I, it's just tough like i understand the run game and the formula but like that just is going to hamstring them limit them trying to win the games with defense and running i understand you can do it that way and it's been sort of how they've played their best the past few years but like at the same time you have the enemy you have these receivers you have the tight ends you want to throw the ball to the running backs like feels a little mismatched hopefully they can find an identity with a little more spice than just 1714. The um, obviously we are the voice of practice, the conduits for the fans who, and there's a, a good amount of people here today in the stands. But you know, obviously most people are, are, are listening here or, or elsewhere, so they're going off what we're saying. And there is this confusion out there about what Sam Howell has actually been doing. Some people, when you're just seeing the Twitter highlights, especially if the team's putting it out, they're not putting out the bad ones. They're putting out the ones where you see Sam Howell throwing the ball to Terry McLaurin down the field, not where the play cuts in right at the moment that Forbes is about to pick somebody off. You don't know who threw it. That said, how, how, how I asked Ron this question. I'll ask you guys this. How, when you're viewing Sam Howell, do you, should people be viewing it as, hey, a young quarterback with one career start who's developing, who's progressing and all that? Or should you be viewing it as this is the quarterback of a team that is eyeing nine, ten wins, a playoff berth, and perhaps they need all that for the head coach to keep his job. Because those things are very different 
And I think how you view that is how you're going to view Sam Howell. So what, which one of those would you say is a fair view of, of Sam Howell? Unfortunately, it is both. Uh, you know, this team needs him to be that good. But if you're... I think if you're fans, you're looking at it from a long-term kind of view perspective. But for this staff, they need him to be, you know, really strong from the get-go. I think, I think, I haven't soured on Sam Howell, but I do wonder whether his leash is now going to be much shorter once the season begins than I previously thought going into camp. That said, you know, preseason and all that. Just, and I were to give a maybe a, an overreaction take. It's that the leash is now going to be shorter than it was prior. But, again, it's been eight days. Yeah. Um, saying all this stuff about Sam, I agree. I haven't fully soured, and I still think he's a better option as a starter than Jacoby. Yeah. I think Jacoby is, is a fine backup, but nothing more. He'll, he'll give you 200 yards, and it won't really do much for me. And they should figure out if Sam's a long-term answer. But, yeah, it's it speaks to just the, the failures of this – staff that you need Sam Howell to be a 9 or 10 win quarterback when he's played one game in his career and it's just like this is the bed they've made they're going to sleep in it they probably won't sleep very well there might be some tossing and turning and then the uh, owner may take the bed throw it out the window and with everybody inside of it so um it's it's nerve-wracking but you know this is they have to have him be the 9 or 10 win guy they can't really afford for him to be the project oh, oh it's okay that you threw a couple picks in week two and we're owing to like no they don't have the time for that what kind of thread count on the sheets for the bed they made? Ah, uh, low is bad, right? High thread count. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I seven. It's seven, literally uh, seven. Are threads. you getting a new bed when you move to Connecticut? It's going to this... be the same bed. Okay. Yeah, so. I don't know what how what my thread count is. What's a standard thread count? Unfortunately, this is not one of my strengths either. Right, but I'm yeah, brought uh, 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 to you by. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's up there. Also, it's more like you know, is it uh, here? Ask. Yeah, what, do you know? What's, what's a what, what's a really good thread count for sheets? Like what's a and what's like the oh standard God, thread I count? I have no idea. I just try to pick the highest that's the cheapest. I go to Marshalls. Oh, there you, go. <laughs> you got your massage gun from Marshalls, huh? No, so you can get like three thousand count oh. for like thirty bucks. Well, we're trying to. Uh, Pete was saying they've made their Is bed with. Am I being recorded? Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. A top-rated bed sheet <laughs> often has between three hundred and five hundred. And then my internet went out. So. Well, we're, he said they made their bed with Sam Howe at quarterback. I'm saying how much thread count were on the sheets with that bed. And I said literally like seven threads, and one of them's kind of fraying a little bit already. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I know how. I, I'm, a, I'm a Marshall and Costco lady, so. Yeah, That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're in the right area for that. Hell yeah. Why do you think I live out here? <laughs> Did you, it's going to be fun when I put in the summary we talk thread count. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I'm with you on, 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 on all that. And that's what, like, when they, going all the way back to whenever they said he was going to be the leader going into the training camp back, was it January, February? It's like, uh, that doesn't make sense for where they're at. And I think that's like when you talk about six and a half wins as the win total that the odds makers have out there, it's not a reflection on Sam Howe. It's a reflection that we have don't know yeah. about Sam Howe. And you have to sort of go off of the, the bio says yeah. tread lightly. All right, let's go to a completely different topic here. Um, one, one, the one fun thing is here, we know about the starters. We're, we're obviously, you know, we'll see, with Jahan Dawson's right in front of us, McClellan, John Allen, all those guys. You know, we'll just see how well they play this year, but we kind of know what we're getting. The fun is, like, who are the guys that we had no expectations of or guys who were, like, around, but maybe they, we, we didn't view them as potentially being a filler. So is there some guy out here that sort of stepped out to you, either somebody who was here who's stepped up or somebody that you were like, oh, who is that guy? He might actually make the team. 
Uh, first one that comes to mind immediately after the last couple days, and I wouldn't have said this, is um, Mason Brooks. Yeah. Very, very strong on the interior. Has looked really great in you know the one-on-one -on -one battles. Uh, has been kind of fun given some um, things. And then on the flip side of that, uh, Benning Patoe, uh, defensive tackle number 74, has also looked pretty 79, strong. 79. 79. Sorry. Uh, 70, 74 is on offense. Nolan Offenberg. Yes. And uh, just, you know, he, he's also, he's been running with the twos a lot. And, you know, I, I think we would assume the key defensive back, tackle backup besides Federian is drawing Ridgeway. But I don't know. That might be a little bit more open if this continues than we previously thought. I haven't watched a lot of Benning. How do, do you see him as like a space eater, kind of like a Federian? Or does he, he show a little more wiggle on no, the pass rush? No, yesterday in, in the pass rush drills against, uh, was it Aaron uh, Montero? Yes. He murdered him. A couple of times. Two in a row. He, yeah, nice. he he went. So he, he did the reverse Mason Brooks. He he yes. murdered the O lineman as opposed to Brooks murdering Fedarian Mathis. Correct. And I'll say this on Mason Brooks to your to your point. It is obviously still early and all those caveats and blah blah blah. If you told me Mason Brooks is the week one starter, I won't be shocked. Well, not because he's all that, but because what else are we looking at? Yeah. Is it Russ Grimm's not out there? All right. <laughs> well, also Andrew Norwell was. Uh, Undrafted free agent once upon a time and ended up being a solid pro. Sure. For really good team. guy yeah. too. Super nice. I mean that's always that's always <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just thought it was great. He really gave you that touching uh, yeah. tribute. On, oh uh, my god. It, I was like Andrew, please, you're writing too much. He sent me a video. Like yeah. we really clicked last year. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. This is why people say, you know, right or wrong, don't draft interior offensive linemen in high picks. You can kind of get them anywhere. Sometimes that's an overstated notion, but at the same point, yes, it is It is conceivable to find a starter there where obviously other positions would be less uh, likely. Anyway, how about you? Uh, this is a player I'm just intrigued to see if they back up the words they've been using about him and, and how they've been playing him. Kalik Hudson. Um, like, I can I understand the appeal of a smaller guy playing line, linebacker able to run around a little bit. I know they have Jamie, they have Cody Barton. So how much will he actually see the field? But they keep touting what he did against Dallas. And I know Jamin's been in court, and maybe guys have been you know they're working back from the knee injury as well. But like he plays a lot, and I'm very curious to see whether that holds true come the season. I think he's a, a fine player, but is he ready for like a full time role or, or a, you know a Buffalo nickel or something? I'm just I'm not ready to go there yet, but they might be, and if they do, that'd be pretty bold. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if I see a guy who's like a full timer, but I think what what I do wonder is, uh, Jamin Davis has had a very, it's been an interrupted uh, off season between last, he not practicing at all in the uh, mini camp side of things, but now obviously he's missed one practice with a court date, and his, we'll see where that goes. Maybe that, maybe that gets pushed all the way back. His reckless driving situation gets pushed back till after the year, but it's got to be in the back of your mind. So we haven't really thought, like, how has he been progressing, right? And I do wonder, to some degree, it's a lot going on in your head. You know, if it comes to the point where they're like, okay, well, it's not that we don't think Jamin is fine. It's just like maybe he's still struggling in coverage and we don't need him out there on every play and Khalid can give us a little bit more against against tight ends at least and things like that. But uh, I think that's a, a reasonable one for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I think just with Khalid, I think if this team ever went with more three conventional looks, he would be the third linebacker. Mm -hmm. That's kind of, I think, where his game has progressed. But because they don't really utilize three linebackers all that often, he's kind of the one that gets... Squeezed, but the last time I was on this pod, I gave a half-hearted take that, you know, maybe Cody Barton 
would be cut and that Hudson would be on the other side. I, I'm backing away from that. I, uh, I don't you, think you're thinking you might get Sean Davis yes, where he comes in and exactly. then immediately gets sliced. Um, <laughs> see where I brought up, but I yeah, I think Barnes looks fine. I had one more thing to say. Oh, and also they have so many DBs you can kind of function as yes. the third linebacker when you only have two actually out there. So it's just the back end and the linebackers. It's so interchangeable. So many names. You know, Percy Butler. I almost said him as a guy. Yes. Like, but you can only play so many of them. But they have a lot of options, and I'm uh, ready to see how Del Rio deploys them all. Do you think how based on how camp has gone that Percy Butler, Quan Martin to start the year gets more reps? Based on how it goes, I think Percy. I think maybe by the end of the year it's it's yeah. Quan, but yeah, Percy, they they like him. They they are very high on him and their traits to like. So we'll see how injuries shake out, but between him and Quan and Reeves, like there's a ton of depth in that secondary, especially at safety. I was gonna bring this up, so since you just mentioned that, here's one of my concerns, and this is less about the play, but but more about the asset uh, process that they've gone through the last couple of years. You mentioned the safety situation. I have not noticed Quan Martin as much as I would have thought so far. Now, that's not a, that's not a reflection on his play. It's a reflection on where he's being used a lot, right? The whole point of them drafting him was a guy that was going to be primarily that nickel corner. They discussed he could play safety, of course, but that nickel corner. Instead, they've been going mostly with either St. Juice moving inside or Rashad Wild Goose to date. And Two if, options I don't like, by the way. It's not great. For sure. I mean, St. Juice on the inside. No. I think it's fine. No. Oh, you do? You think it's fine? Yeah. Okay. At least I like him on no the. No Fabian Moreau. <laughs> oh, I do. That's... He just got signed by somebody the, the other Broncos, day. Broncos, yeah. But Fabian Moreau is a disaster. I, I, I think St. Juice can hold his own even if he is better on the outside. But what I was going to say to that is if, if, if Quan Martin is not hypothetically in that role, and maybe he will be but yeah. when the season comes around. Then what? He, you've already got Cam Curl and Derek Forrest. You mentioned Butler. Jeremy Reeves has shown if he can play safety as, as needed. And this has been part of my issue with their draft the last couple of years, is that they're drafting guys without a, without a space to play them in the higher rounds. I know that I know you're not drafting somebody necessarily for just that immediate year, but in this case, where they have to actually win games this year, that's a thing. Think about it like the third and fourth round picks, Ricky Stromberg and Brandon Daniels. They're not playing at all barring injury neither one of them and Daniels to be honest has not looked great so far so uh, I'm not saying he'll be cut but like he's not looked good so that is and then you know so that's not great then you go letting you look to last year right mm-hmm. they drafted Arian Mathis in the second round we can know why the, the uncertainty of Deron Payne but now Payne's back and Mathis a second round pick at best is playing what 50% of the snaps maybe that's not great and this is sort of that's a lot of picks High, relatively high picks. I'm not talking about your KJ Henrys or anybody like that. I'm talking about guys in those spots who are like, hey, this guy should be starting for us pretty quickly, and they didn't do that yet. They still have questions at left guard. Yeah, they, they still. It have, feels like an unbalanced roster. It's like they're quite deep at some spots, namely the secondary. I think you can make the case they're pretty deep at receiver with the three vets and Deami Brown has looked pretty decent this summer. So, but then it's yeah, your your cupboard is bare. You're trying to decide between. Chris Paul and Sadiq Charles at guard, and you just brought up maybe Mason Brooks is going to be starting. Like, so it's they've like watered parts of the lawn, and those parts look amazing. But then there's some bare patches, and it's like, oh, we we probably should have spread this out a little more. Well, I understood the Martin pick at the time because you cut Bobby McCain, who was your slot corner. It seemed like an obvious plug-in play, but what's kind of weird in hindsight about it, based on how camp has gone as well, is this team has done really well finding safeties late in the draft and developing them that way and letting them develop. And now maybe because, Ben, as you mentioned, that this is a must-year win, maybe they wanted a higher-caliber player if they didn't feel like Percy Butler 
what was ready to step in there, but I don't know. It's just we haven't seen that so far, and I think it is something to monitor. For sure. Cole Turner just had a uh, catch down the sideline. They're they're doing 11s, but it's a sort of a fancy walkthrough, more or less. Yeah, Not, said he gives half-hearted takes on this pot sometimes. <laughs> this is a half-hearted 11 on 11, for sure. A absolutely. All right. I'm having fun talking to you guys. I'm going to miss this quite a bit. Well, Not I, to get all weird and emotional. <laughs> Deami, I'm working through some things here. Diami Brown with a uh, long one again. Take it for what it's worth. Oh, speaking of that, Pete, let's go down a little bit uh, memory lane here as we go through things. You are, how long have you been out here? Uh, full time since 2018. So this would have been my 18, 19, would have been my sixth season. Yeah. But, you know, ending at five. Well, I started collecting Pete Haley rookie cards when he was helping me out on my Breaking Burgundy site many years ago. We yeah. will, we'll always have Lloyd. Standing has looked out for me. And, yes, Lloyd Carrington. Lo Lloyd Carrington is always going to be our uh, our guy. Do you know that story? Uh, no. I, I was out at rookie camp writing for Ben's site, and I heard Scott McLuhan tell somebody, they're like, oh, who should we look out for? And Scott goes, hey, 25, Lloyd Carrington. So then I was like, oh, you know, Scott McLuhan likes him. That's amazing. I wrote a story about him. And then he proceeded to do. Well, he did have like nothing. It was like in rookie camp. He had like one of those play. He had like a, like a 40 inch vertical. Yeah, like a sick play. And he had a sick play, and then yeah, it just kind of. And that was all. He became the uh, you know what could have. be the first pick that McLuhan missed. Whoa! <laughs> hey! Ho! Hey! Hey! hey. Um, <laughs> all right. So speaking of that, who is the guy? Like sort of the rando guy, either that uh, that, that you just. Enjoyed. Maybe it's somebody who was on the team but was deep cut, yeah. or went, or somebody like a Lloyd Carrington who was only, you know, complete wackos like us would even remember. Who was the guy for you that you were like, boy, that guy? I kind of enjoyed that guy. Well, I'll I'll do on the team now. It's James Smith Williams. Like he's um, become really fun for Paris, Sam, and I. He is so off the wall. Him and Casey Tuhill are hilarious together. But I talked more to James Smith, and he was one of the only players I felt like I should tell that I was leaving. He tried to offer me his mouth guard as like a hey, you know. <laughs> Here's a, here's like a, a mean Joe Green yeah. giving you the like, jacket. Okay, I want you to remember me by this. I'm like, dude, you literally just took that out of your mouth. That's disgusting. But he is really smart. Um, you see him doing great stuff in the community, but he has a very like weird, dark sense of humor sometimes, and it just makes me laugh. It fits in with Paris and I. Paris has a very strange sense of humor too. So I like him a, a lot. Um, I'll but, probably have to think back a little well, bit. But, but yeah. to your point, Smith Williams. Look, uh, it's not that the players don't want us in the locker room, but, you know, whatever. We're, we're in there. They have to be a little more in their P's and Q's. He welcomes it. Yeah. He wants us to come over and talk to him, in part because he then proceeds to give everybody a wrath of shit. Yes. And, uh, and all, on all these kinds of uh, kinds of things. Um, who's the player that you have grown? Or, like, who's the star player that you thought you had, like, the best, I don't know, connection with? Somebody that you were like, wow, I really like that, that guy. Um... Terry's so good with everybody. Yeah. I don't know if Terry knows my name, but he followed he followed me on Twitter like as a rookie, and that was cool. And um, yeah, <laughs> in your face, Paris. Take that. Um, and like we talk about golf. He'll like if I saw him out and about, he would know who I was again. Not that I'm trying to feed my own ego or anything, but he's just everything we say about him is true. He makes you feel special. He doesn't have to. He's just such a stud in every way. I would love for him to have. 2,000 yards for the next 10 years. He deserves everything he gets. Not to speak for you, but I think if we were going even alumni of the team, I think Santana, Santana Moss yes. and the connection. That... Yes, that's probably been one of the coolest things, Paris. That's nice of you to set me up. I was obsessed with him. He's His number is in my email. Like, I was I was the biggest. I could name every touchdown he's ever caught as a Redskins player. Like, the biggest Moss mark. And now he's worked at NBC Sports Washington. I 
have his phone number. He's texted me like, happy birthday. He's called me a star. He's like, Pete, I'm going to watch out for you. You're doing great things. Like, and that, if you told 12-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old Peter that was going to happen, I would have died on the spot. So that's really cool to be able to, and that's what's great about this gig is you overlap with people. You work with ex-players. Like I was in a production meeting with D. Hall a couple of times. Like it's just been spoiled been spoiled 100 uh, percent. i mean to to that end yesterday i was out here after practice uh trying to talk to whoever and doc walker called me over to right to meet some doc walkerism in my house when i the best present i ever got for anything was when i for my bar mitzvah some friend of my dad's who used to run like rfk stadium on day game get day games got me an autographed ball by the players this was the year they lost to the raiders in the super bowl but without trying when when the ball where the ball is faced out doc walker's signature is on the ball yeah and i'm always like this is weird like how how, how, how on earth did this happen yeah um it's very cool all right let's get to the bits yes so many bits so many moments the bits could be internal bits that we created or it could be the winning off the field type of stuff uh, Paris, I'm sure you've got sure. thoughts on as well as Pete's thinking. Yeah. So what's the bit for you, or what are, what are the, some of the ones that come to mind they're always going to re- reflect on? The one that I think, like, when I go back and I think about standing, I mean, standing has a couple, like, you know, kind gives him crap for wanting to park inside, like, stupid ones like that. But I loved that I did that Pepperidge Farm story a couple years uh, ago, oops. wrote about everybody's favorite cookies, everybody gave really glowing reviews, and um, standing was like, eh, you know, I don't like this cookie, like this cookie. Pepperidge Farm read it. They sent cookies to all of us. They got in contact. <laughs> What's your favorite cookie? You like these? We're going st- to... And they didn't talk to Sandy because he was just kind of a curmudgeon about the cookies. I think that's when I realized your reach was bigger than right. I thought. Like, I was we like, were oh. drowning in free cookies, and they were giving it to everybody. And Sandy's like, oh, I wish I uh, was a little nicer. I would have gotten some free cookies. So right. I love that you know one. my journalism ethics. Uh, oh. <laughs> except I, I, I accepted all of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just the room, you never... It, you, it was hard to be in a bad mood in that room, even when it's we're reporting on sexual harassment or ticket laundering, whatever the hell we've been talking about for years, because everybody's so nice. I mean, Stan, it, another one, and I know you hated this bit, Sam oh, and I used to kick water bottles <laughs> after oh. practice, try to kick a water bottle into a trash can. You'd get one kick a day at the end of kind of when we were wrapping up, and the kicking would kind of go near Standing sometimes, go over him. When he's trying to concentrate, he's very stressed, and... I know you wanted to kill Sam a few times. I tried to be a little bit of an inter- intermediary, but uh, I, I missed the water bottle kicks. I'm sure I won't be doing that much in an office when I move up. That was when we were living in the third world of media yeah. uh, with, with the with the tent that during the COVID year. That whole year was just special. On that, that was a, that was a lot uh, for uh, for for sure. All right, la- last thing we'll take you off the hook. Pete is known for his impressions. Oh. Has <laughs> has a litany of them through the years. Would you like to? Uh, Give, give us how about this? Like, give us your thoughts on uh, what, what's a good topic here. G- give us your thoughts on uh, what you hope to see with pads tomorrow using the voice of one of your favorites. Okay, um, I'll, I'll try and cycle through. They're probably all gonna be bad because I feel pressure now. Uh, I, I uh, this is Jay Gruden. Thanks for having me on here, Ben. I uh, I hope to see some good red zone fades. Uh, maybe get it to Jahan Dotson instead of Josh Dotson. Hey, Jay, this is William Jackson, man. I hope you're not throwing fade routes over my head, man. That's not cool. I'm just trying to be myself. You're not wearing yellow, though, Will Jackson. Oh, I just look so cute in it. I don't want to distract anybody. Um, and I think those are probably the two I could come out Your with. Your Scott right pretty good. Oh, and what was well, the, we were, I was the, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't say that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Those are my three. 
Thank you. Fair, fair, fair enough. Um, all right, we'll, we'll 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 wrap up here with with this. Who who is the player uh, that you as as we go into this final week here, we're going to the playoff or playoffs? It is Whoa, a preseason. Right? So Holy you, shit, this has been a long practice. <laughs> <laughs> you can see where my head's at, where I think this team is going. Uh, who, who who for you do you want to see more of, or are you excited to, to kind of see how high they can? take their game off of what you've already seen uh matt uh come back to me because okay. I, I think uh cam curl i think you know last year there was clearly this team knows how much they need him based on the splits of how they played with and without him and he's very valued here he's going to get a contract i would assume this year or next year and that will kind of raise his national profile if he can get back to making a few interceptions that will help the casuals as they say appreciate him but Really chill, cool dude, but major difference maker. Runs this defense, and uh, I think I think there's a little more for him to unlock in terms of the turnovers. I don't know, if, I don't know who it was, one of you guys or somebody else, but noted like he really has had so few turnovers yeah. in his career. It feels like he's had a lot more. He's had had some interceptions out here, and he's one of those guys where the position flex is really good, but at the same point, I'm kind of like, look, could you just let him play one spot yeah. and build off of that? It feels like they're trying to do that a little more this year, but they still can't help themselves completely. How about you? So besides the obvious of, you know, Sam Howell, Chase Young, I think Brian Robinson, yes. if you would have said in the spring, you know, you think back to the Martin Mayhew, Ron Rivera press conference, it, they've kind of pivoted off the run first, we're going to run all the time thing since hiring the enemy, but I think you know, he averaged 3.9 yards per carry last year. You would like to see that number uh, above four to rip off those 15 to 20 yard runs. He only had uh, six runs last year that went longer than 15. So if he can be a consistent uh, running back, you know, kind of be that explosive, add some big plays to this offense, I think he can be an important piece, but, uh, you know, he needs to prove it. And also, I just want to say, I would like to see more of Pete. Very sad that he's oh, that's, I know. that's why I was flustered because I was going to answer. Got it. You're going you. with the bit answer. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go with the bit answer. That's, that's a fitting uh, end to this. Fair. I, I love you both. I'll say it way more offline, but it's been cool working with you fellas. Standing. Hope your pod continues to dominate Paris. Hope you continue to literally write the entire well, now, section of your newspaper. <laughs> look, now that you're off the Beltway pod, podcast, which I'm sure you'll be on occasionally, now, yeah, maybe I got a shot to get a couple of people listening, you know. Yeah. He's taking away the strength. You yeah, know? there you go. Um, all right, gentlemen, thank you. I think practice is about to be over or close to it, so we'll wrap it up here. Some would say it never really started. Uh, that, that, that too. That's why we didn't really talk about it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, buddy. All right, many thanks to Pete Haley and Matt Paris for their time. To the commanders, if I didn't say this earlier, the commanders are back practicing Friday in pads. Saturday they are off and then back at it again next week, uh, heading into the first preseason game against Cleveland. So plenty more to come. I already have a uh, fun interview in the can for sure. Um, so there you go. All right, you know what? I, I'm going to, yeah, all right, that's it. I'm, that, we, enough of me. That's it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time. See ya.